Meet the Kennedys at Lassiter's Hall at the Waterhole A cup of tea at Harold Sonia's nursery for a stroll It's time to neighbors CJ, Kate and Bea. Let's get the Neighbours Hello, welcome to Neighbours This is the Neighbours Recap Podcast We watch the five most recent episodes of Neighbours that air during the week then we just, you know, have a chat about them. Discuss them, analyse them. And how they affected our lives. <laughs> I'm Vaya. And I'm Kate. Kate, a.k.a. Remude on Twitter, how I know her. And also, by the way, if you're enjoying the podcast, just by the by, it would be nice if you jump on, onto iTunes and give us a little iTunes rating. Yeah, that'd be awesome. And review. Give us some constructive feedback. Yeah. Well, you can do that anyway, anytime. <laughs> uh, we've got an open door policy on feedback at Pod on Twitter. So, it's just... I can't even begin to express how much joy I had watching this heatwave hit Erinsborough during the week. I don't think you've loved one single episode as much as you did Monday's episode. And Mondays I watched twice, and I don't usually do that for this show. And I forced myself to watch Mondays again last night. Yeah, I'm really grateful. Just so, because I knew that Vaya would be just gabbing about every detail. I'm bang up for it. And the thing is, it's a bit of a life-imitating art, because it's been muggy and hot all week. Oh, it's disgusting. It's been unseasonably warm in Melbourne, and no, that isn't 45 degrees with an orange filter everything it was it was like what 38 degrees or so yesterday well, yesterday 36 it was gross yeah and, and i i went for a walk and got back and i had to put a bit of an ice pack on my neck and sit in front of the fan and <laughs> did you fall over on the road susan style <laughs> i had i had to get someone to put an ice cube on my neck and rub oh. it around no i didn't <laughs> to rage style so it, it's quite weird the fact that they timed the heatwave episode with an actual warm week was is, a miracle. It is actually the, the best coincidence that Neighbours has had in years. Yeah, because normally meteorologists can't even get, predict Melbourne weather accurately because it's always changing. Well, it's, it's always a bit of a cheap Twitter thing where they, they're like getting around in um, shoestring tops in the mid- midwinter and you go, oh, yeah. come on, seriously, it was five degrees today. Yes. So we'll just launch straight in. We don't even need to talk about last week because that's when the heatwave kicked off and it's all merged into one in my head yeah, yeah. Uh, the week before last and this week. So oh, we'll start with Leap Day, February the 29th, Monday. Yep. Everything's starting to hit the fan. We kick off the week yeah, and pe- everyone's in disarray. Everyone's frazzled. Yes. Yep. There's a light sheen on all main cast members. And it, yeah, an orange glow. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, bathed over everything. Everyone online's mentioned the orange filter. That's how we knew yeah, it was a heat It looks wave. ridiculous. When we did Neighbours versus Zombies, they used day for night a lot. So yeah. we, we had a lot of nighttime vision. They're getting their full use out of these um, Instagram filters. Yeah. Someone I think online as well said it was the warmth, the warmth function on Instagram <laughs> that they'd put on everything. <laughs> So, yeah, just look, as a little shout out to our UK viewers, yeah, when it hits the 40s, yeah, it, it doesn't look like the apocalypse. It's just hot. It still looks like a normal day. Yeah. And the, the reason and the way people act on hot days here is they just walk around saying it's hot. Yeah, it's hot. And yeah. they put their, put it on their Facebook status and that's, that's yeah. that. And then you just deal with it and you go about your life. And you turn the air conditioner on. Yes. You hop in your car that has air conditioning. You go to the shopping centre. You go to the movies. movies. Yeah, if that's you don't a good have one. them. There's, there's lots of ways to escape the heat. You go to the pool. Go to a friend's house who's got aircon. Yeah. You get into a cold shower. No one did the cold shower. Yeah. I love yeah. a cold shower when it's hot. So the only one who was finally weather appropriate was Xanthi, who's been getting about in her high-waisted shorts for weeks now, and finally <laughs> she's had a hot day. Well, she's from the GC, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> so well, the, the biggest thrill I got from Monday is we commenced the week with Paul and Tarage. Oh, I knew you'd start with them. Locked in... 
what seemed to be a storeroom with a shower built in. Okay. I, I had a good look at it again okay. last night. Yeah. It's clearly an old motel room that's been turned into the cleaner's cupboard slash laundry slash staff room. room. So it still has an ensuite attached to it and okay. a nice machine, I'm guessing, yeah. because there's a bed in there. And to, to Rage also made a comment about how filthy the bathroom would be because the motel was rented by the hour or something. Her comment was, yuck. That's, like, that's what I loved about it. She just went, yuck, I'm not showering in there. Perfect. It's an all-purpose. It's the multi-purpose room. Look, my word of advice to Paul is invest in an actual shed to store your cleaning products in and rent that room out. Or just you borrow Lauren's shed. It's, it's got infinite <laughs> space. It can fit um, all your wood, all your stolen goods, yeah. and the motel cleaning supplies. Exactly. So this is the motel, by the way, that Paul has invested in with uh, staff, Steph Scully, yep. and Doug. Uh, uh, Alzheimer's afflicted Doug. Yeah. Oh, hang on. Was that a previous week's story that we need yeah. to discuss here? As a side note, Doug's kicked in 20 grand to this yeah. and somehow managed to get his grandson a full-time job. Yeah. that's 20 grand is the definition of a silent partner. And Josh is still pulling cafe shifts at Harold's. Oh, Josh better not be pulling an income out of the Erinsboro. Because they're in deficit. Yeah. For sure, straight away. Because they, they haven't even put a lick of paint on the place. Well, they're renting out rooms for, what, 50 bucks to teenagers? It's begun on a very sour note, yeah. this Erinsboro Motel. Robinson's, as it's now called. The it'll, name's it, the classiest thing about it. It'll always be the Erinsboro in my yes. heart. In fact, we got a tweet during the week from uh, Jewbug, Jackie, who sent us a link to the Burwood East Motel. and Which looks is, suspiciously like it. it. It's a dead ringer. <laughs> It's got these... Even down to that same little plastic sign that hangs over the driveway. It's a brown brick exterior. Yeah. And oh, it's got a pool, though. Great function in this heat wave. So, yeah, Burwood East Motel. Have a little look. Look at Check out the Yelp reviews and you'll get an idea of the Erinsboro. <laughs> uh, now, the reason Paul and Rage got trapped in here... So the air con's out in the whole Lassiter's complex because Paul's tampered with it. It's sabotaged it. Yeah. Brilliant. Although, what, did, what was Sonia's reaction to that? It was like, you know, who could even do that? Well, the one guy, the, your one villain in your street. <laughs> the one guy who, does he even have a bar that they could, people could go to instead of the um, waterhole? No. No. Oh, well, I just like, it's just spiteful. Yeah. It's up his alley. And Tarage has run down to the motel to give Paul a piece of her mind. And this is one of my favourite tropes i'm a big fan of erst unresolved sexual tension and one of my favorite tropes of erst is when they have two characters trapped and i mm. don't care what the premise is usually like elevator wherever like cool locked, room i think yeah cool room i think uh carl and susan got trapped in a storage locker once that was fun and uh yeah whatever oh, whatever oh, it is and oh yeah um naomi and pastori josh were in the lift they, they actually oh, yeah, made good on that didn't they and a uh, glass box with nate and oh, that was Aaron actually, down the that was my that was brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it done well, and this was. So mm. they're in there. Now, we know that Paul and Tarage had this little make-out sesh a couple of weeks back, and then she put a stop to it, and Paul wasn't down with that. Yes, and because after the morning after, they were implying that nothing happened. Yeah. We didn't believe that Not for a moment, did we? at all. And it comes out that, yes, they did do it. What do you mean? They confirmed it. When? Oh, hang on. I'll have to find my tweet. Okay, you better, because that went by me. I have not. Maybe it was Tuesday's episode. Are you sure it wasn't just us assuming? No. No. Because I remember I tweeted it and then no. you retweeted me. Okay. Yes, we'll we'll delve back into this because that's a bombshell <laughs> if that's the case. So 
Paul, his his only focus is to cool to rage down. Which, of course, means putting on a heavyweight dressing gown. Those Terry Towling hotel robes that are... could be hot as shit. I hate... First of all, they're really bulky. I yeah. hate them when I go to hotels. Yeah, I take my they're own... They're cosy. Oh, yeah. yeah. And also, yeah, like the gross factor. You Ooh. know they're not washed properly and you know some old man's sweaty bum cracks being Ooh. in it. <laughs> Even if they're new, these bamboo cotton or whatever. Yeah, Paul no. Said. It, it, they don't magically call you dad. If I was there... Okay, and I was stuck in there in like a, I don't know, 50 degree room or something like that. I would fashion a toga out of a flat sheet. That's actually a great look. Yeah, and I'd, I'd, I'd have a shower, stay, wouldn't dry myself off, wrap myself in the sheet. And and we all know they know how to make togas because they had the toga party when the uni had O-Week. So oh, everyone's right. got toga fashioning exactly. skills. Uh, Rage had a shower. Yeah. And was like, you know, dying of heat exhaustion before that point. Came out, full face of makeup, immaculate lipstick. And half up, half down do mm. with a clip. Uh, yeah, everyone still had their, their quaffs in place. Mm, amazing. No top knots. Even uh, Amy. Amy, who usually gets about a top knot. Even she had a few extra wisps <laughs> coming down. So, yeah, Teresa just had a shower and, oh, but to have that shower... She asks Paul to remove her necklace. So there's a little bit of neck touching, skin to skin. I actually, this was so creepy. I taped this off the TV yes. to, for, for neighbours. Tape this off the TV. That's very yeah, 90s this off expression. The TV. 90s, <laughs> possibly 80s. You think I'm looking for some afternoon delight? Like the previous clientele. <laughs> yeah. Look, I'm just being practical. Come on. Only soft bamboo cotton. Very comfy. There's a brand new one in there for you. Okay, fine. You need to take my necklace off. It's very tiny, isn't it? Yes. What? Of course, it's tiny. It's a. It's a necklace. It's a clasp. What's? Why is he being weird about that? I don't know. Mm. It's very tiny, isn't it? Mm. And mm. I, I love the fact that Terage never resists having a go at how shonky this motel is and that the clients <laughs> pay by the hour. She's not wrong. Now, everything goes really nicely after the shower. So they come out and start having uh, deep and meaningfuls yeah. with each other. And it's quite sweet. Except it's funny because Paul's talking about how he's getting phantom nerve pain in his in his stump. stump. Yeah. So to rage. But, but he's kind of alluding to like, you know, maybe you can kiss it better to rage, oh, don't you think? He's it's using a... stump to stand in for yeah. other parts of the body. Yeah, he's that like, he's oh, getting nerve know, sensations. Yeah, I get a bit of a tingle now and then, a bit of an itch. <laughs> Well, so to rage, I thought it was quite, done quite well. She is feeling hot and stuffy and claustrophobic and it's reminding her of when she was trapped in the Erinsborough School fire. Yes, yes. And he drops the line that um, Paul wouldn't have abandoned her. Like Drab did because yeah. he carried out Lauren instead yeah. of her. Oh, Drab, what, what a manoeuvre. What a manoeuvre. <laughs> oh, uh, well, Paul's always fond of a brunette anyway. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. It's his type. Mm-hmm. And he's, yeah, he, so he got to swoop in and say, I would never have left you. And then they bond over. She's talking about her scars and how she always, what they represent. Yeah, her scars. Her scars that were certainly not visible on her neck with her tiny necklace. Oh, no. It's always, her scar is always in a place that is covered by clothing, no matter what clothing she's wearing. (laughs) Unlike Paige's shank tat. Which is always visible. Oh, it's horrible. I thought it was fake, that tattoo. I thought it was just drawn on with a sharpie. It's a lot of effort. Wardrobe doesn't have that kind of time. They're busting out six eps a week. They've got time to draw on Paige's sharpie tat. Then I saw her on Olympia's 
Instagram. I think I saw it and now I feel really sorry for her that she's got such a bad tattoo. Well. Because that's like something from Tattoo Nightmares. Hey, she's been working on the show long enough that she can afford to take it off if she wants to take it off. I don't even know if she can. I actually think she needs like a big cover-up tat and that is a massive tat. She's going to have like this huge koi carp to cover it up or something. So, yeah, tip for wannabe aspiring actors. Don't get shitty Sharpie tattoos. Don't get any tattoos mm. because if you if your character needs one, makeup will draw it on. Oh, hang on. As a side note, I did see Kyle on Bondi Inc. once, though. He was on, on it last year. What is Bondi Inc.? Oh, Bondi Inc. Yeah, Bondi I've Inc. Ne- I've never watched it. It's like the ripoff of whatever the American Inc. shows were. And what's Kyle's tat? Oh, you Southern know, Cross. It was, no, it was Southern the, Cross. No, well, of course, obviously, he'd have that. No, it was the theatre masks, you know, the... Oh. the, the um, Tragedy and comedy. Exactly. Yeah, I was going to say the happy and sad ones. Yeah. That's very cute. Oh, that's lovely, no. Kyle. I approve. So, but in a discreet position. Because he's respecting his craft, I imagine. And he knows that... I have a that... feeling it was on a limb. I can't yeah, tell you right. which limb. <laughs> so, that, so limbs brings us back to the stump. And I thought this was going to be prelude to a stumping. I thought they were going to get it on in this oh, room, yeah. in the heat. So they're getting closer and closer. And they're talking about their various afflicted body parts. And then somehow this phantom ice cube materialises mm. and... Paul starts dragging it across to Rage's neck seductively. Instead of just going, how about we both take these robes off? Yeah. Hot as shit. Or here is, here is an ice cube. Rub it over yourself, mm. lady. Here's some ice cubes in a tissue. Where's he getting? Why did no one else in the whole of Lassiter's had access to ice? Because all the generators were down. Yeah, yeah. And they were serving lukewarm water to everybody. I How's can, Paul making well, ice? I guess it's the staff room. And so maybe they have like a little bar fridge in there left over from when it was a motel room. But, you know, that place is filthy. I wouldn't be putting anything that came out of a fridge in that place near me. There'd just be like algae and crap all over it. You'd get Legionnaire's disease from it. It'd be like our old share house fridge. It'd be like the abominable snowman lived in that top section. (laughs) You wouldn't be able to find the frozen peas or anything. It's just a chunk of ice I've chipped (laughs) off the side of it. (laughs) So anyway, that's sexual. And then... That's where we leave them and we'll pick them up at the very last second mm. of the episode. So we hop over to Sonia, who's dressed to the nines in her new power suit, her power blazer, because yeah, she's, been ele- she's been, well, I don't know how, not even elected. She's been chosen to be mayor. Yeah. In like a, a complete misrepresentation of the Australian um, electoral system. Yeah. She's, she's been just, directly elected as the mayor. Someone just made her the mayor. Yeah. And yeah, she's got her hair up. She actually looks kind of corporate. She for looks once. great. Mm. I just loved seeing her all polished and yeah. business-like. Instead of caftan-esque. Hair up. Um, yeah, I liked it. Suited mm. her. And she could have been in a legal drama. So she had, uh, as, as her assistant, she somehow and, found the funds to employ Aaron down the mines. Yeah, and social media manager. Yes, publicist. <laughs> he in, in fact, clearly... That's a role that's tailor-made for Naomi, but she's not on the show anymore. Yeah, also could be filled by an ex-minor stripper. Yeah, yeah. why not? Oh, look, he's sass. He knows how to rotate his phone to take photos. He does. He taught Piper how to vlog yeah. correctly. So he's doing her PR and he's hauling her all around town. Look, hang on. Wouldn't people be raising questions? They're going, hang on, this is the guy that was in the, the inaccurate smear campaign uh, blog, vlog oh. of Piper's. Wouldn't people just be going, this is, no. no this it's is the guy that like, tried to ruin your Meryl candidacy. Oh, well, no, tried to ruin um, Tim Collins. Tim Collins, yeah. Right. So he's no, ethics come on, this question. is so sus. Yeah, and the fact that he gets his gear off for money. Well, not anymore. I don't know why he doesn't do that anymore. Did he Sorry, just, I just had a moment thinking about that. <laughs> 
uh, out of the Brennans, Aaron is Kate's favourite. Yes. And yes. mine too, actually, yeah. So she is now brought back this Citizen of the Year Award, which we know will come back to us at some point. And oh, Paul yeah, clearly yeah. Want, is going to – he's got his check of Citizen of the Year. Chekhov's. <laughs> and now the funny – what I loved about Aaron and Sonia heading off to all these mayoral appointments is that – they don't discuss the uh, the outcome of any of them until they're back in the pub. So it's I like I wonder if Sonia actually got an office as part of her no. mayoral duties. So they've driven around in the car and then they don't say, "Well, gee, that went well. We achieved X, Y, Z." Until they got out of the car and into the pub where we could hear them. Imagine like the interesting conversations they have in the car. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Sonia, do you feel like a Slurpee? Oh no, but I could do some twisties. Why don't we go to Seven <laughs> Eleven? No one went to 7-Eleven. They were all just asking the waterhole for lukewarm cups of water. Yeah. <laughs> and there would be a 7-Eleven. Actually, there is a 7-Eleven. There's a service station across. Yes, at- actually, like about, I don't know, 50 metres yeah. from where Susan's car broke it's down. across the driveway at the neighbour's studio. So, really, they could, <laughs> could have had. could do a Cornetto. <laughs> they could have had their ice cold drinks from there. Now, Toadie and Steph, this is where they are planning for... Sonia's mediation session with her... Philippa. Yeah, her ex-husband's current wife. Yeah. And she's playing the role of Steph's ex-husband because the actor is not available to appear in the series at the moment. Oh, so, do you have any background news on that? Or? Zero. I'm not oh, even Googled damn. it. So, we've got no Max. We've got no Max, but we do have Philippa. Have and Philippa. Philippa is very connected to young Charlie. And to be honest, I feel... She would be the most stabilising influence in his whole life. Yeah. Well, she wants him, firstly, which yeah. Steph goes hot and cold on. Yeah. So that- It's not like Boyd and Summer would be around anyway. And whatever happened to Rosie? Is she still alive? She's off doing the Thornbirds. Oh, Grandma Rosie. Yeah. Um, I, I, rec- I don't think she's of this world anymore. <laughs> she, she was getting on in years. She was in Prisoner. She was, that yeah. was great watching Prisoner and seeing her pop up in that. So, Pip, Philippa, what, so she must be... She must – well, she's a lawyer. She's raking it in because she can afford to fly from Fiji. She was in Sydney and she came down to Melbourne to pick up Charlie, took him to Sydney with her and then I guess flew him back – I guess they both flew back to Fiji and now she's flown back to Melbourne for this mediation. How long is the flight to Fiji? Yeah, I reckon the whole way back she'd be going, I'm going in for the kill now. Yeah. Yeah. How long's the Fiji flight? I don't know. It would have to be, what, six hours? We don't do our research. Five and a half hours we've just we've discerned. Yeah. Fiji still. Oh, that there's no sneeze. No, to to just pop back down to Melbourne when you could just have a conference call with Steph and her yeah. lawyer in like by the beach with a mai tai. <laughs> okay, so that's that's booked in for the afternoon. Yeah. Meanwhile, Steph's got to pull a shift at the waterhole, and she's looking frazzled. She's she's mm. slowly losing her shit. Yeah. And what's happened is she's run out of her meds. Mm. She's opened up her little pill box and it's come up empty. Now, this is, I feel, a very realistic representation of the pitfalls of living with mental health issues. I've run out of my happy pills on occasion. Mm. It is a thing where you go, I just can't fit going to the chemist into my mm. daily life mm. right now. I can't do it. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's Uh-oh, a pain in the butt to get to the chemist. So, and I have gone like a day or two and obviously I'm on mild stuff. I'm not on whatever whatever heavy stuff Steph's on. She's got to be on, we've decided, I think, it's got to be like antipsychotic meds. It's got to, look, whatever she's on, it's heavy shit because it's, it's effects wear off within yeah. 24 hours. Yes. So like mood stabilizers, antidepressants, I don't know. The worst I get if I don't run to the chemist in time is I start to get a headache yeah. in within a day. So maybe some side effects can come in within mm. the day. But, but she is, she's actually losing her shit. 
But it's it's just she's run out of all of her medication and and doesn't have a backup plan. I actually feel like you may think this is harsh, but if she can't go twenty four hours without yeah. her medication and like totally losing control of herself, how can she look after Charlie? Yeah, good. No, good question. Good point. Well, if she can't go twenty four hours without putting another plan in place, yeah, and yeah. this is this was her plan. So she's run out of her pills. She looks to the nearest. Oh, so Sonia comes in. She asks. Sonia Sonia can help her, but Aaron whisks Sonia away to another appointment. Yeah. So, okay, then... She could have rung Toadie at that stage. I reckon Toadie would have helped her. She could have made about six phone calls at that point that could have helped Mm. her. Anyone on that street, Drab never does anything. Get someone. Mm. Amy Willis. You know, get someone over. Amy. Yeah, Amy will help. Amy will help Steph clean toilets at the motel. She's available. So... (laughs) But Amy's got separate issues, which we'll get yeah, to. Yeah. But Steph, so she sees Tyler. She just sees Tyler. Yeah. And says, can you help me? You know what she's thinking? I bet she's thinking, oh, this is the kind of guy who'd steal a prescription pad. He looks like the kind of guy who'd go down to the chemist for me. Exactly. In fact, she didn't even need to send Tyler to the chemist. She could have just sent him around to Carl's house and he could have ransacked whatever Carl had yeah, on yeah, him. in the blue box. So she says, can you go and fill my prescription and hands over the script? And, he- and that's when Tyler finds a conscience. And says no. And actually, that's just him being lazy. But I've had people. It's yeah, not I've illegal. had my dad. Yeah, you can hand your script over and say this yeah. is for my partner or this is for my mum or whatever, yeah. and get their medicine. And if you're even worried about that, you can ring up the chemist and say, "I'm getting my dad to come in to pick up a script yeah. for me." FYI, she didn't call. And they make it for you. Yes. All of staff's staff's problems would have been solved if she'd rung the bloody pharmacy. So Tyler goes to the chemist and comes back and says they didn't have your medicine. They've run out of the shipment. And, she, and her reaction is, well, why didn't you go to another chemist, mate? And he says, oh, I thought they'd have the same problem. Yeah, you know what? This is where I'm calling bullshit. Because yes. if this volatile medicine that she's on, the, the pharmacist would know that Steph is about to lose her, yeah. her last banana <laughs> and would ring around and actually find another pharmacy that has it. Or give a substitute product that can tie her over for a day or two until yeah. she can get... To the chemist. So yeah. even if you've run out, like they're, they, they're they not heartless give, people. They no, are actually looking out for your at, best interests. At the very least, they can give you something to keep your immediate symptom side effects under control. Your withdrawal symptoms under control. I she'd have a healthcare card too. She's not spending more than five bucks on this medication. No. Oh. So then Steph decides she's got to take matters into her own hands, and she's got to head to Anson's corner, and hopefully she picks up a nice pastry while she's there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, do, they just do a delightful spread over in mm. Anson's Corner. And uh, I think MasterChef wants to do a, want a special <laughs> episode down there. And, okay, so two chemists is the places we go to. Not even Erinsborough Hospital, which is closer than all of those yeah, chemists. Yeah, which would surely have a pharmacy. And you know what she doesn't do? She doesn't ring that chemist either. No. And because I saw on her script, on her prescription, mm. it had the Erinsborough Hospital logo. So she had it filled uh, at Erinsborough yeah. Hospital. So they'd have it. Yeah. yeah. Or... Literally, they would ring around. They would find this drug for you. They're like, yeah, she's just fresh out of the mental hospital. We've got to look after this lady. Yeah. Oi. So never send a mechanic to just run your errands. There's your problem. (laughs) Get a junkie to do it. She (laughs) She tried. Sonia would have been like a bulldog tracking that. She tried (laughs) to have Sonia help her. Sonia would have gone down to the streets and (laughs) obtained it illegally if she had to. (laughs) She had connections. Oh, what a... Shamozzle. The fact that no one could help her get her mm. meds and that she didn't have a backup plan with her doctor to say, okay, if you run out, here's an action plan of what mm. you need to do. And then 
She could have just said, let's put off our meeting till tomorrow. I'm sick. Exactly. Or Toadie's yeah. sick or, or something. we can't have a meeting because there's no power. There's no power. And I've yeah. got to run in my business tonight. Exactly. So, which yeah. is more um, respectable. Okay, she can't oh, close yeah. her business yeah. down. Okay, so we'll, we'll, I think we've vented enough about the medication mm. issues. So we go over to Kyle and Amy who are trying to relieve themselves and can't get cool, even though they've got a hot tub out the back that they could fill with ice cold water. But apparently yeah. the hose is too hot. That house would have air conditioning. Yes. It was owned by Lynn Scully. It's, and- n- it's now owned by Sheila. There would be an air conditioning unit in that house. And you could chuck some ice cubes into the hot tub. Great day out. Yeah. But no. Then there's a, a sly shout out to the gazebo that they're f- building for the vet to pay for Bossy's yeah, operation. Yeah. Oh, I hope the vet doesn't want to make any changes. Oh, and there was also a shout the, out the to vet- having to having sex on the washing machine again. Yeah. Oh. P.S. The vet the vet gave you a free twenty five thousand dollars surgery in exchange for this gazebo. If they wanted to have it double story, you need to be delivering that because that's a good deal. Where was Bossy in the heat as well? <gasps> oh no. Oh. <laughs> oh, no one looked after Hopefully, her. Hopefully, like under the house or something, found a cool spot. Because they always say on the news, look after the pets and yeah. the elderly. Yeah. Mm, fail. <laughs> <laughs> and now me and my little Jimmy, uh, uh, he's off at school and school's been cancelled. Yeah, yeah, because it's 45 degrees. Okay, so now what usually happens with, for example, tradesmen okay. or construction Workers. Yeah, they, they just that's part of their award. They actually um, stop work, I don't know, when it's probably above 35 or yeah, something like that. Yeah, it hits a certain temperature and, and then it tools down. Work, workplace safety, you get yeah. to go home. Nobody else gets that privilege. No. Um, I actually, I spoke to my sister about this, who's what? got a daughter in primary school, and I said, so what's the school's hot weather policy? And she goes, oh, yeah, well, they have one. I said, well, what is it? What is and, she, it? and she goes, well... All the classrooms are air-conditioned, so the kids just stay inside all day. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, so they wouldn't just send them off home by themselves? And she's, like, looking at me like I'm insane. No, the best-case scenario is the teacher would put on a movie. Yeah. And everyone huddles into the aircon and has a nice day. Well, frankly, I don't think my school had aircon, or maybe only a few rooms did. Maybe the staff room did. Well, they were still cooler than putting the kid outside. Oh, yeah, yeah. We'd just lie on the floor watching yeah. a movie. Dead fish. Dead fish. Yes. Oh, that was always a great one. A couple May- of hours of maybe dead fish. Maybe the teacher would, like, read us a story. Yeah. Yeah, well, oh, we lovely. all kind of like snoozed on the floor. That sounds like a lovely afternoon. Yeah. But no, and not only is school cancelled, but... Um, so yeah, the, the children are allowed to go home. Just primary school take students themselves children. Home. No, because most kids' parents work, so they yeah. wouldn't be home to let them in. Yeah, no one would have. There's going to be plans. like a whole um, like epidemic of dead children so, in Erinsborough. So what would happen is you'd have half of these kids who have got stay-at-home parents who got to be taken home, and the other half would have had to be shepherded into the school hall for some kind of emergency aftercare program. Yeah. Or little Jimmy, who does have a parent who was at home, who couldn't be stuffed picking him up because she wanted to cop a bit of afternoon delight, in the words of Paul. So he just wanders off and gets taken uh, by a mysterious woman who obviously is related to him. Well, there was a moment there I thought he was about to fall into Lasseter's Lake. Yeah, they they were heading that way. Yeah. I mean, everything else has gone down Lasseter's Lake. It wouldn't be surprised Mm. if there were some bodies that would turn up at some point. So this woman's just wandering around and then Jimmy's just gone after yeah, that point. Yeah. It, it's, it smacks of child abduction. Yeah, which is quite exciting. Then they're lurching down the, the grove of trees where Kate lost her shoes oh, years yeah. ago. Yeah, I always like, keep an eye out for them. Go on, they'll turn <laughs> up one day. <laughs> I always like when they shoot at the grove of trees. At this point, we catch up with the Willises. Deadbeat dad, Pastora Josh, has made plans to pop over to Brisbane to visit his uh, estranged baby Little daughter. Little Matilda. Let's fingers crossed that Kathy hasn't sold her off yet. <laughs> 
Uh, oh yeah, but he's he's worried about leaving Doug in this in this hot weather because it's not like he doesn't have a son, two daughter-in-laws, and two grandkids that can keep an eye out for him. And as it's well. not like he has oh, been... three three granddaughters who can keep an eye and out for him. He's been living in Darwin. He's used to the heat. He's acclimatized. Yeah, he's yeah. fine. Also, so this at this point, Susan and Carl are in Harold's cafe, and here's the point where I'm calling Susan's uh, ethics into question because school's cancelled for the high school as well, yeah. and the principal doesn't need to hang around and make sure all the kids get no, all the little year sevens no. get home okay. No, she's popped straight on over to Harold's for lunch and left her student body to their own devices. Okay, another thing, another really unrealistic thing. If it's 45 degrees, you ain't popping into the coffee shop no. to pick up a sausage roll. You're going straight home to crank up the aircon. Yeah, or round to Toadie's house to use his pool. Yeah, yeah. Because no one else is using his pool. Mm. Oh, and it's so hot in the um, in Harold's. Carl you know, makes this little statement about how he's having to take off his wedding ring because his fingers are swelling up. Uh-oh, yep. A Chekhov's wedding ring. ring. Exactly, yeah. Oh, and then Suze makes a suggestion upon hearing about Story Josh's concern about Doug that they should go to a quote-unquote air-conditioned shopping mall. Okay, which is a sensible decision. Yeah, yeah. However... Go and sit at the food court for a while. However, Susan has somehow expected Doug to fill... To do some car maintenance. (laughs) To fill the radiator with water when they live on a street with three mechanics. Four, Steph. They live on a street with Steph, Tyler, Breno... All three Brennans have mechanic yeah, yeah. skills. And, and who else was working And there? Susan wanted this decrepit old man yeah. to and look, do the radiator work. I did a bit of investigation. Her car would have been registered in about 2005. Yeah. Which is, look, another thing, neighbours don't get in a car that's not brand new. Yeah. That's, we've we've learned that. We've it's learned bad, that from bad things happen. Yeah. <laughs> but no, have you ever filled the radiator on your car? Don't know. Wouldn't know where to look. This oh, is why no. I take it in for servicing. This is why I... Oh, occasionally I go, oh, a bit of you know, wipers aren't, you know, the fluid's not in yeah, there. Yeah. I might fill that up and, and I, put some petrol in. in my case, it. make someone else do it. Uh, <laughs> I, and also, this is why I'm a paid-up RACV member. If I get into strife, that's what I pay my membership exactly. fees for. They can come and help me. <laughs> and oh, hang on. Before we leave the cafe, yeah. though, that mysterious lady who um, abducted Jimmy came in, saw Carl, gave him the eye. Yes, yes. Oh, and it's what, what, an ex- what a thrill for, yeah. for Carl. Well, but well, look at, he can still get it. It was a bit of a thrill for us because we recognised the actress as being Ali Fowler from The Shantuzies. Uh, I didn't recognise her from The Shantuzies. I recognised her from a series called Big Sky from the 90s, uh. late 90s, where she was a pilot with oh. Gary Sweet. Hmm. Yeah, it was a great time. Well, a lot of other people recognised her from Sons and Daughters. And Wentworth. Wentworth. Oh, yes, yes. So, oh, sorry, Shantuzies. She was in that band with Toddy Goldsmith. Who was, who played um, Donna's mum. Yeah, you've got all Rain Man at the moment. I love it when you go full Rain Man on <laughs> Neighbours History. But remember, yeah, Cass- Cassandra Friedman? Yeah, remember, like, yeah, she- Paul-, Paul was having a go, on a- go at her. Donna's so- deadbeat mum, yeah, yeah. of course. So it all comes to a head. The car's broken down in what seems to be, like... The middle of nowhere. Alice Springs or the Nullarbor Plain. I, don't- I can't even imagine where it is. Like... It- Literally to get to the closest shopping centres to Ramsey Street, you head, you turn right at the end of Ramsey Street and you drive to a major road and there's two big shopping yeah, malls on that done. that road. Yeah, There's no back roads. She said she took the back road. She took a shortcut. And even in, okay, so in the western suburbs where my parents live, if they wanted to take the back roads to a shopping centre, maybe you'd end up near yeah. a paddock. But yeah. there's still all residential areas. You yeah. can just knock on someone's front door and say, our car's broken, can we use your phone? Well, amusingly enough, when they actually panned out of where they were stuck, it was clearly right where D'Amato's 
factory, what warehouse was. And you could hear road noise. <laughs> exactly. They hadn't cut out any She's of the like, road we noise. We haven't seen a car since the whole time we've been here. Well, have you listened? Because I can hear a car. <laughs> you can go flag that down. And uh, a tweet from Chris, the first rule of Heatwave Club is to never expect your phone to work whilst in said heatwave. I think, did Suze like pull it out of her bra or something? Because <laughs> top hint, Suze, just go and sit under a tree with poor old Doug. Leave your, your phone to, you know, like... Come to life again. Yeah. No, but Done. also they sat in that hot car for it would be 10 minutes. Shit. <laughs> exactly. They would have died. No wonder the phone, the phone was carking it. Get out of the car. And so they have to go on this trek for help. So she grabs the water bottle. Everyone's drinking Fiji water. I don't know if there was some kind of cross-promotional <laughs> <Pale>. deal. <laughs> well, yeah, Fiji. Do you want to go to Fiji? Fiji. I'm, I'm like, I don't know. Maybe There's the... a mysterious reason. I'm, I want to go to Fiji now. Maybe the Fiji Tourism Board sponsored them to mention Fiji and to put Fiji water in all of the hot scenes. All right. If anybody can find any actual evidence of this, this could be like our, our smoking gun. I'll buy you a slab of Fiji water. Uh, now... So she hauls poor old Doug out of the car. They grab what's left of their water bottles. She gets her nice sun hat and puts it on Doug as they walk down the street. Yeah, and they're trudging. They are. It's a full trudge. I don't know. Did, did he, like, put sugar in her petrol tank or something? <laughs> That's right. She said she asked if he'd change the water and he said he can't remember if he did the oil, if he put the water in the oil spot or vice versa. Which is terrifying. So she's asked an old man with Alzheimer's who we know suffers later in the day more mm. so than in the morning. Mm. Sundowners. Because they moved the wedding. So Susan knows this. Mm. So she's asked him at his worst <laughs> to do basic car maintenance that he couldn't do on her own <laughs> on vehicle. <laughs> he doesn't have his car. He's from Darwin. And then he's surprised that it breaks down. She can't get through to roadside assist and they have to walk through what looks like Dubai to find someone to help them. What is going on? I don't know. It is fucking bizarre. It is so weird. Because it's like I don't know. We don't live yeah in Alice Springs. No, we don't live in the back of beyond. It's suburbia. It's not a country practice. It's a show about people that live in the suburbs where people live. Are they going to call in the flying Near doctors to pick them up or other something? People. They should have just made a sign in the road, like out of rocks, saying "Help!" Out of rocks. <laughs> we are just the letter R. Hot. <laughs> Get like break off the rearview mirror and like try and flash down planes. <laughs> oh my god! And then, so of course, Doug looks back. Susan's collapsed. Susan's collapsed. <laughs> and he's all like, planted. "Oh well, see you later." <laughs> So he keeps strolling. He's like, oh, well, she's gone. And then, thankfully, it all gets brought home with Susan, not Susan, to Rage and Paul leaning into each other in the storage room slash motel slash whatever it is. And, and then what do we hear? Slurping sounds. Oh. <laughs> we hear. Oh, <laughs> that's a knock. A yeah. knock at the door. There was a lot of slurping sounds, though. It was quite a heated kiss. <laughs> It was, it was a little bit nauseous, but we wanted to go there, don't yeah, we? Yeah, for sure. I was ready. I was ready for the stumping. And look, I know we went through every second of that episode, but that's Monday. That's because we watched it twice. Watched it. And look, <laughs> Between the two of us, we have devoted two hours to Monday's episode. Do yourself a favour, jump online, give it another viewing, because it's a treat. <laughs> if you haven't watched it once, watch it twice. <laughs> Make notes. Get so much more out of a second viewing. <laughs> Thank you.
Not even Googled it. <laughs> you know, Max used to remind me in looks of aggro. <laughs> okay. This is an obscure reference. So, aggro was a puppet TV host. <laughs> a foul, kind of a, a bit of a foul mouth children's puppet. From the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. All right. I'm going to do a, a, a Max. What's his surname? Hoyland. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. I'm going to do a Max Hoyland. Totally looks like aggro. I was going to say Bert Newton. The moon face. The moon face, round faced. Anyway. Okay. Well, you can vote on that on the Neighbours Facebook site. Facebook.com slash Neighbours Podcast. I, I have to look him up now. Bloody hell. This is going to slow us down. Max Hoyland. Maybe he's got a really good gig. That'd be nice. Stephen Lovett. There's a few Stephen Lovett's out there. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. He's from New Zealand. Oh, well, that explains why we don't actually ever see him because he's not just popping up in Dr. Blake, which I do love for Neighbours cameos. You're mad for Dr. Blake. The Patriarch. He's in a few miniseries. Was he in that trash bag New Zealand show? Oh, he was in Top of the Lake. Oh, wow. That's a good get. Six episodes. Officer Pete. Oh, love that. Okay. Yeah. So he just does a whole bunch of miniseries. As if he's not available. Unless, God forbid, he just plain old didn't want to do it, which I would forgive him for. Look, he had a career highlight of killing Cam Robinson. 